0: With the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart.
1: Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined by. Rob Longo and Tom Furtle, welcome one and all. Good to be here. Awesome, you, awesome, awesome! Everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles. We're going to turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter three, verses ten through eighteen. But before we break open the bread of life, Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help us see what the Lord wants us to see?
2: I would love to, in the name of the of Father, Father and, Son, and the Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you for choosing us to be your sons and daughters. Thank you for. For giving us the gift of life, the opportunity to to bring your love into the world, uh, help us each day to to say our yes, to renew our yes, to to live out our yes to you in in the everyday moments of our lives and all of our relationships. Help us as we break open the gospel that we'll hear at Mass. Help us to have a heart that's uh, that's moldable, that's teachable, uh, that's uh, courageous enough to. To make the changes that you're inspiring us to make so that we can be a better image of you in the world. Please bless and protect all those listening, all their families, and uh, as we continue our Advent journey, help our hearts to be uh, prepared, beautifully prepared, uh, to be a manger for Jesus. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Father, Son, and Son Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen.
1: Amen. And Tom, do <clears throat> you mind giving us a little gospel love today? A reading from the Gospel of
3: Luke. The crowds asked John the Baptist, What should we do? He said to them in reply, Whoever has two cloaks should share with the person who has none, and whoever has food should do likewise. Even tax collectors came to be baptized, and they said to him, Teacher, what should we do? He answered them, Stop collecting more than what is prescribed. Soldiers also asked him, And what is it that we should do? He told them, do not practice extortion, do not falsely accuse anyone, and be satisfied with your wages. Now the people were filled with, expect- with expectation, and all were asking in their hearts whether John might be the Christ. John answered them all, saying, I am baptizing you with water, but one mightier than I is coming. I am not worthy to loosen the thongs of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Exhorting them in many other ways, he preached good news to the people. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ.
1: Christ. Wow, I kept circling, what should we do? What should we do? What should we do? And you know, I think that for us in this season, this Advent season, as we prepare to receive the Lord into the mangers of our hearts. We should ask that question of the Holy Spirit of the Lord. What should we do? You know, because here, as as, as these challenges are put out to people that ask that question— you know, John the Baptist replies to the crowds, feed the hungry, clothe the naked. You know, if you have two cloaks, give one to one that doesn't have, you know, and give food the same way likewise. So it's feed the hungry, clothe the naked. Doesn't that sound familiar? Kind of sounds like Matthew 25, the gospel the uh, that Jesus gave to each of us, you know, and then the soldiers say, well, what should we do, you know, and it's do not steal. In other words, don't extort, you know, and, and so for me, it's it's all about turning away from sin and turning towards the works of the Lord. And it's really summed up down here in this whole theme of a thrashing floor. A thrashing floor was in a barn, and they would pull the wagon in with all the wheat they had gathered up, and then the wheat would be would be stompled by the cattle that would go around so that the wheat could be separated from all the things that were the, the plant stalks and the leaves and everything else. Then the winnowing fam, which is in the hand of the Lord, blows away everything that we had attached to us that wasn't of God, so that the perfected Christ in us is left remaining on the floor, and that's us, then he gathers us into his barn. So again, for me, it goes back to that scripture verse in 1 Corinthians, where anything that's hay or stubble, you know, it's going to get burned away, and, and and the Lord uses this terminology here Um when when John the Baptist says we'll be baptized by the Holy Spirit and fire, the fire of God loves, burns from us, even with suffering sometimes, the stuff of the world, you know, our selfishness, our self-centeredness, our jealousy, our greed, all that's gonna be burned up. And then all that is of Christ, which is represented in First Corinthians by silver and gold, is purified so that we too are purely perfected more and more each day in the image and likeness of Christ, which is the image and likeness of love, God's love, free, total, faithful, fruitful. So for me, feed the hungry, clothe the naked. You know what I'm saying? Turn away from sin. Don't talk about people. Don't, don't, don't talk about them and bear false witness. Stop it. How can you bless that person? How can you pray for that person? So this is a powerful, powerful scripture verse.
2: So, Dave, are you saying that we have to to be stomped before we're perfected? You know what? Sometimes (laughs) we
1: do. we got to go through some real tough life lessons. I know the Lord takes me through some, and I always want to say, hey, Lord, I don't want to repeat the class because it's through (laughs) that because there is suffering. First Corinthians says it. There's suffering involved in letting go of this stuff we want to hold on to, you know, because we can't take anything with us into heaven except one thing unconditional love. That's it. I love the movie Ghost. When Demi Moore's standing there and Patrick Swayze, Swayze is getting ready to go into heaven, you can see the white behind him and the, the snowflakes falling. You know, it looks like snowflakes or light flakes behind him. And he says to her, you get to take it with you. What? What? You get to take the love. That's it. At the end of the day, we get to take the love. So Lord, perfect to me your love. Free, total, faithful, fruitful, and help me be a bounty of that love to every human being I meet every day of my life. You know, it's uh, in in our
3: in the in the physical world. <clears throat> we talk about fire or talk about heat. You know, it's nice that one. You know, like when I touch something hot, when I when I grab the frying pan, you know, by the hot handle, automatically, you know, ooh, I let go. That's no good. You know, because it tells my brain what's really going on. Is my brain is being told that's damaging to my skin? You've got to let that go. I wish sin was like Mm. that. Sin's not that kind of heat, <laughs> right? It's kind of a it's kind of a warm and cozy heat. I think that's the that's the work of the enemy. It feels comfortable, and we slowly get a little bit closer to that fire, and we inch forward, and there we are. We're we're, we're burned up, and we don't recognize it because we it feels comfy, it feels cozy. And a lot of times, sin there I, I go back to old ways, old ways of doing things, old ways of thinking. That they're they're kind of comfortable, and so that process, David, you talk about, about you know burning that off and purging that off at that. that 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 can be painful (laughs) Um, and sometimes painful because we don't want to give it up because it just seems like I've got that – you know, that horrible thing, but I have it next to me, and it kind of gives me comfort because that's what I know. And um, that's where that discernment comes in. It goes back to the words of all the people that approach Jesus. What should we do? How do I deal with this? If, if I have something I'm, I'm holding on to that's burning me, um, y- you know, it's very rarely by your own willpower can you let that go. You've got to invite the Lord into that. You've got to bring him in. And, and, and it will be burned, and it will be purged, and it could be painful. But we have to discern between, am I comfy and cozy? And, and what I'm doing, and and why is that, and that spirit of discernment, knowing what's of God and knowing what's of the enemy, because the the, the, the tool of the enemy is to blur those lines and make it feel like, well, it's not so bad, well, it's okay, well, you're still doing good
1: things over here while you're wallowing in the mire over here, and uh, it's a challenge for all of us. You know what? As you were sharing, I was getting the vision of the book, The Great Divorce, with C.S. Lewis who wrote it. And there's this lizard of lust, and this, and God wants to set this spirit free. But the, but the spirit's like, "Oh Lord, you know, you know, he's not bad. This lizard of lust, it's so much. He's okay. He's all right." And the Lord's like, "May I kill it? Oh, you don't really don't want to hurt that lizard. Oh, you really don't want to kill it. Can you just come along with me and just be part <laughs> of? It? May I? Kill? See, God will not go against our free will. And finally, at the end. The spirit, after trying to convince the Lord all these reasons why he should hold on to this lizard of lust, he gives his okay to the Lord to slay the lizard, who then, once slain, becomes this great stallion, this beautiful winged stallion that takes this spirit into the kingdom of God. So you see, we got to let the Lord do the surgical work he needs to do in us so that then he can do all the works of love through us, that He wants to do. Those works, God tells us, were prepared in advance for each of us. There's not a plan B. So let's get out there and say to the Lord, Come into my heart. You know, what should I do? What should I do? What should I do? And then listen. And here's the key you are baptized by the Lord Jesus Christ working through that priest. When you are baptized, you're baptized with the Holy Spirit. You have the gift of God himself, who is your advocate, your strength, your light, your guide. The power you need is within you, in the Lord who is within you. Go to him for the help to break free from smoking, sexual addiction, whatever it is. And I promise you, if you truly, truly surrender and ask for the Lord's help, he will help you. And if you fall, go back to the Lord. Don't beat yourself up. Let the Lord set you free through the the sacrament of reconciliation and get back into battle, and let the Lord continue to help purify you, to set you free so that you can be all you were meant to be, all you were created to be a world changer.
2: Mm. Uh, I, just, I wrote down just some words from from the gospel, share, uh, stop, do not be. And then uh, it's an equal signs after all that. so share share equals generosity, right? So very simply, you know John is telling us just if you have a couple coats, help somebody out that doesn't have any if you have food, help help some people out so generosity, do not and stop equals integrity, right like there's some things in our lives that we just shouldn't do, you know the, the way we conduct our business, our relationships, you know just act with integrity, and then b be satisfied right so generosity integrity and, and being satisfied, being content um I really feel that the the Lord is. Is calling me, and, and last week, I think it was last week, right? St. Nicholas was last week, St. Nick. And I was reading a story about him, and, uh, and the challenge was, or the invitation was, how can we be as generous as, how can we live this out in our lives? You know, how can we imitate St. Nicholas? And the one line that was after that was really freeing. It says, by being as generous as we can. It doesn't say be as generous as Joe Smith down the street, or be as generous as, you know, the billionaire that just donated $100 million. No, no comparison, right? Comparison kills. It, it can kill our generosity because it could freeze us. So just, it says just be as generous as you can, right? So what, what gifts has God given me that, that I can share uh, you know, out of my time, out of any, any skills that I have, any financial resources that I may have, material goods, be as generous as, as you can, not as he or she can. You
1: know, and that's beautiful, Rob, because generosity is a fruit of the Spirit. You see, we're given the gift of the Holy Spirit through our baptism. And when we are truly living in the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, generosity is one of the, is one of the fruit. It's one of the fruits. So that relationship, that intimacy, divine intimacy with the Father is precious. And so, Rob, when you were sharing, I was remembering back to what we did for a a young lady out of Philadelphia. She has a nonprofit that she started that opened up two pregnancy crisis centers across the street from Planned Parenthood so that women who got pregnant that wanted to have an abortion because they didn't know what to do have an option to go into her clinic where they give free ultrasounds, and they've saved now... In the past 10 years, what, over 2,000 Two thousand <laughs> and 16 babies have been saved, lives have been saved because the mothers saw the ultrasound, saw the life, made the choice for life. So we had a, a fundraiser first time last week for her, and it was amazing because it was prompted by the Spirit to do it for her. The people came, three busloads out of Philly, two busloads of the mothers with their children that they chose life instead of death so we got to see these little children getting you know gifts and hay rides and petting zoos and everything like that and then we brought the other bus load was donors so the donors got to meet the fruit of their gifts and then when we were upstairs in the donor dinner the challenge was made to each of them to realize that it's not their checkbook it's not their money and to invite the holy spirit into their hearts to ask them how big of a check would you like me to write out and Rob, it was a miracle. She did over triple mm-hmm. the amount she ever conceived of doing at this first annual, first event she's ever had because hearts were opened. She said, David, one person was a $100 a week donor. The husband and wife got together and said, you know what? We're called to give this and wrote a $10,000 check. So you know what? What should I do? What should I do? What should I do? Ask the Lord how you can bless others with the greatest gift, first and foremost, the gift of your time in volunteering and helping, but also your checkbook. How can you make a difference in the lives of the homeless, of the hungry, of the naked? How can you help them this Christmas season? Because that's what it's all about, the giving of a gift. Why? Because we received the greatest gift. It cost us nothing. It cost him everything.
3: You know, David, you mentioned a few times this morning here that you know the gift of the Holy Spirit. I'm, I guess I'm I'm confused. I mean, like you know, the Holy Spirit, you know, came across the the earth and separated the land from the waters and the and the heavens from earth and the dark from the light. And and the Holy Spirit inspired the early prophets. And the Holy Spirit inspired the apostles to go out and to preach and to, and to die. And Holy Spirit inspired countless martyrs over the ages who died for their faith. That's not the Holy Spirit that we that we're getting at baptism, right? Or are, are we getting like a cut down? <laughs> version or a piece or a, a taste? Or we're getting that Holy Spirit to go and do those things?
1: He's all in, brother. He don't <laughs> come in pieces.
3: <laughs> I think it's so true. We, we forget that. We forget that. I mean, I believe the Lord said somewhere that you're going to go do amazing things more than I've greater done. Things greater than greater than things I. than I. Greater things than I. And we we limit that. And I guess we don't limit ourselves. We limit God because we don't trust that he can do things through us. We don't believe that he can do things through us. Surely not me because of my baggage, because of my brokenness, my sinfulness. And again, again, just go back to the early apostles and look at look at some of the numb scullery. <laughs> You know, look at I mean, some of the greatest uh, apostles and martyrs. You know, began by denying Christ or killing his followers, and then go on to do a f- phenomenal things. So whatever baggage I have, whatever vices that we're involved in, whatever sins are pulling us a- astray, to think that we cannot um, let God do amazing things through us, we're 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 selling ourselves short, and we're denying
1: His Majesty and His Kingship by by limiting what He can do. And that's so key, Tom, because you know what? We need to break the record of the enemy who wants to rob and steal our identity in Christ as precious sons and daughters of the Father. That gift of the Holy Spirit, you are correct, Tom. It is given to us so that we can truly be world changers. God used people that couldn't talk right. Moses, murderers, adulterers, prostitutes, robbers, thieves, God used all these broken humanities to show us, hey, guys, you're in good company. When you say yes to me, your past is dead and buried. And just for all of our listeners out there, my spiritual director had to help me with that. I'm a visual kind of guy. He said to me, because I kept digging up the past, he said, hey, Dave, quit digging up the past. It stinks. And you know what that... That imagery helped me be set free, because I would. I would dig the past. I'd say, well, yeah, but you know what I did. You You know what happened? Would you stop? God can use all of us. When you realize that same Holy Spirit, as you pointed out, Tom, is in you, that power of the Lord, greater is he that is within you than he that's in the world. Claim it. Claim it. And then stand and hold. Let the Lord do the battle through you. It's awesome.
2: Sometimes in, in life, we're going to be in relationship with people that want to hold us captive to our past, right? That uh, there's things that have happened, you know, in, in the past with the relationships or whatever, and they just want to just keep us bound to that past. So if we've gone to God and and we've asked for forgiveness, if we've gone to the person, and asked for forgiveness, and, and they're still trying to bind us into that past, I think we have to be careful of that as well. That you know, God doesn't want you know us to be dragged back down into that. So, in those situations, I think we just have to maybe remove ourselves a little bit and just pray like crazy that uh, that the people that we're in relationship with and that you know even from us, like we don't hold we don't hold people bound to their past, and pray for those who may be trying to hold us captive to our past or you in know, our past.
1: And Rob, that's beautiful because that that's the last sentence. John yeah. the Baptist preached the sins of the people. Oh, I'm sorry. He preached the good news to the people. You see, too many times we tell people, oh, you shouldn't smoke, you shouldn't drink, you shouldn't this, you're, you're an adulterer, you're a this, you're a that. You... Stop it. Stop it. John the Baptist preached the good news to the people. He preached that their captives could be set free. He preached through his example of love and devotion. He preached by his example of humility. I'm not worthy to even untie the, 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 the sandals, the thongs that he's wearing. So for me, don't focus on that. See, past people's sins, alcohol, drugs, sexual, doesn't matter. See past that and see the precious son and daughter that God the Father created, because he created every human being, because the enemy can't create a soul. God knitted that soul to all 7 billion human beings, and that soul has the seed of faith planted in it, and it's our calling to blow that gift of the Holy Spirit on that seed of faith so that their eyes can be opened to see the truth. Of the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus Christ, through our example of unconditional love. Scripture tells us, love conquers all. Jesus himself says, I didn't come into the world to condemn it, but to set it free. I think our past,
3: like like vices, like sin, can be comfortable. And again, that's the thing we again we retreat back to, you know, who I was or what I did, because again that that's that's how I define myself. So you know, I think you're both right on there. If if we if we don't let that go, there, there's a comfort level there. Well, I always do that, or I always say things that way, or I always have this problem, or this always happens to me. And, and again, we, we, we throw on that cloak of what's comfortable or what we know, and, 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 and because we cannot fathom, we cannot imagine um, a, a different life, which again, once again, denies, denies the goodness and the, and the divinity and the greatness that we were put on this earth for and denies the greatness of God that he can possibly do things through us. So I think, you know, a lot of what we're saying here, I, I, I go back to people say, you know, read, read read the gospel, read the Acts of the Apostles. I mean, I, I know for many of us, you know, we, we're on the Gospels and the Acts, the acts kind of gets kind of like left out every now and then. But if you really want to see real people, normal people, average people, and, and the early, the, their, the, what they did in the aftermath of, of, of Jesus, um, it's just phenomenal reading. And I think it, it gives a lot of solace and to look at and to look and see what average everyday people who'd let the Holy Spirit into their heart, who truly believed in Jesus, and 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 what happened and what they faced. So I think it's there's a lot of comfort there in the Acts of the Apostles. I think it gets left out every now and then in our in in our scripture, but um, it's 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 a good it's a good source for encouragement and a little reality check, a little dose of reality.
2: Last week I think I shared a story of. Uh, my son's basketball team where they have a boy with Down syndrome that's their manager, and uh, the dad shared the story about how another student, Kyle, who's an amazing athlete, befriended him, and they became best friends. So um, it's just the effect of one. Like last week, we heard the voice of one crying out. So that voice of one, Kyle, helped this boy with Down syndrome, Bobby, be accepted into the high school community, and now they're best friends to this day. It's amazing. I saw the dad last night because after he told me this story last week, I was at a high school, and I was able to share that story with you know eight, eight different times throughout the day. But by the end of the day, probably with four or 500 kids, that this high school young man was a voice of one in the life of a, of a boy with Down syndrome. And his dad said he changed his life. And if anybody tells you that you're the future of the school, future of the world, future of the church no. you now, we need you now. And uh, so I was able to share with the dad last night, I saw him again, you know, thanked him for sharing his story. And then I, I shared the story with, you know, hundreds of, of high school people. And, and you, sh- you should have seen like his eyes. He's like, wow, thank you. So w- w- what do you do? Like, you didn't you know, even you know what I did. It's, I was explaining what what we do. He said, that is, that's so awesome. Thank you for sharing that story. And yes, Kyle absolutely changed my son's life. Yeah, so we can... Be that voice of one. You know, one. one Helping one can change the world. Absolutely. And we're coming into the Christmas
1: season. I love the sentence here. It says, now the people were filled with expectation in their hearts. Well, are we filled with the expectation of the coming of the Christ? Are we preparing ourselves during this Advent season to receive the Christ child into the mangers of our hearts? Or huh, is there no room in our inn? So, I mean, for me, We get an opportunity to light up our houses inside and out. Why? To tell the world that the light of the world, the light of Christ is coming into it. Then to put a manger scene out in our front yards and spotlight it. And we use a sign that my wife made up that says, wise men still seek him. I don't know how many people on the busy road that we have in front of our house have driven by that and said to me, you know what? That challenged me. You know what? I need to I need to go back to Christ. You know what? Put our manger scenes up. Don't put a blow up this and blow up that. Stop. Light up our house. Why do we put lights out? Because the light of the world is coming in into the world. Christ at Christmas. Christmas is made up of two words. Christ, the reason for the season, and Mass, the celebration of the word made flesh. Bingo! There's the reason. So we do this as an invitation. We did a light show this year at the Starbarn Village. That's the life of Christ in lights. It's a two and a half mile drive-through, and each week on a Friday and Saturday evening, it's getting busier. We had a 62 year old man come through at the end of the the, the, the drive-through. He said. I never knew the true meaning of Christmas. I never knew the reason. He said, I'm going to bring my daughter back again tomorrow night so she can learn too. Because the whole way through are these messages of hope, these messages of truth, of the gift that God gave to all humanity. So what can we do? You know what? Put our mangers in the front yard. Light them up. Tell people we are, we are waiting and expecting the light of the world. Light our houses up. Let's get, get awake. And let's let the world know why
2: there's a the word expect. Um, I just put human Father, Heavenly Father, or just human relationships, heavenly relationships, right with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. in the human realm, you know, I've been told once when you you need to cease expecting when you when you cease expecting, you have all things. like when you expect people to do things, um, then you you know a lot of times you get hurt. But with the heavenly Father, he wants us to have expectant faith that we you know, that he wants us to have that confidence in him, that we have that expectant faith. So a lot of times I think we have it reversed where we try to put our faith, expectant faith in the people in our lives and the materials, goods in our lives, as opposed to have that expectant faith with the Father.
1: Awesome. Well, in this season, let's each of us be gifts to the world. God bless each and every one of you. Let's light it up.
0: Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you have been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org. or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, A Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.